Hey, thanks for listening to the Unexpected Podcast. If you're enjoying the show so far, please take the time to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Welcome back to another episode of the Unexpected Podcast, where we chat all about the unexpected aspects of pregnancy and parenthood. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech-language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. On this show, I call everyone I know who can help me get prepared for this life-changing journey, and on occasion, I chat with my comedian husband, Mike Racine, to see where his head's at. Okay, let's start the show. This is 18 Weeks Pregnant. Right, so I'm 18 weeks pregnant. I'm feeling great, except I'm moving this week and it's a nightmare. Oh, it's so hard to move when you're pregnant. But before we talk about me, let's hear about everyone's 18 week experience. Okay, so week 18, according to what to expect when you're expecting. At five and a half inches long and about five to six and a half ounces in weight, about the size of that chicken breast you're having for dinner, but a lot cuter, your baby is filling out nicely and getting large enough that you might even be feeling those twists and rolls and kicks and punches he or she is perfecting. Another set of skills your baby is mastering now, yawning and hiccuping. You might even begin to feel those hiccups soon as well as watch them shake your belly. And and your one-of-a-kind baby is truly one-of-a-kind now, complete with a unique set of fingerprints on those tiny fingertips and toes. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate all of your reviews and all of the feedback that I've gotten from people who have been listening and reaching out to me. Um, somebody... Uh, listen to the last episode about sleep and they recommended checking out Taking Care of Baby, which is a course and um, it helps with sleep training. Now, I have not looked into this. Um, I have not tried it yet, but this person who wrote to me said that they it was a lifesaver. So, um Check out Taking Care of Baby and uh, let me know what you think and I'm going to do my research as well. Anyway, so 18 weeks pregnant, very exciting stuff. Um, I still feel really good. Moving was quite difficult. I um, didn't do much of the physical labor in terms of like, packing a truck or unpacking a truck or delivering boxes to my house but I did do a lot of unpacking and also I had to um, deal with my husband who was highly stressed because he was doing all the physical labor so it's so funny like you even if you escape the physical aspects of moving that doesn't mean that you escape the stressful aspects or like other people's emotions in any, I think that's just marriage. It's like, even if you can try to escape a situation without being bothered, you're not going to, that doesn't mean that your partner isn't going to be bothered and that you won't have to relive that awful situation through their stress. If that makes sense. That's just the thought that I've had. Um, 
but I do very much appreciate Mike. He did all of the heavy lifting and um, organization, and he even went back to that old apartment and set things up um, so that maybe we can get our security deposit back, but I doubt it. Um, because that's New York for you. And uh, in this special episode, I speak with uh, Abby Crutchfield. She is a stand-up comedian and actress living in Brooklyn, New York. She has a new TV show on Hulu debuting uh, December 17th, 2020. And it's called Up Early Tonight. It's brought to you by Scary Mommy and Huggies Diapers. So I really enjoyed doing this interview. I've enjoyed doing all of the interviews, um, but I particularly enjoyed this one because one, Abby is a comedian, so she understands that aspect of my life since my husband is a comedian. Her husband is a comedian also. And um, they both, they, her family lives in Brooklyn, where's where, and that's where I live. So I had a lot of specific um, Brooklyn-oriented questions for her because um, things are a bit different here. So I hope you enjoy this uh, interview, and I'll see you again next week. Bye. The Unexpected Podcast is brought to you by SLP's Wine and Cheese Podcast, the Sit Down with Mike Racine Podcast, and also the Dad Show with Mike Racine, coming soon to wherever you hear podcasts. Uh, thanks for listening and please consider reviewing the podcast on your podcast player. Hi everyone. Welcome to another, uh, episode. Here we go. I can't speak, speak of the unexpected podcast. I am joined today by Abby Crutchfield. Say hi, Abby. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Um, Abby is my first guest to be living within Brooklyn, so her advice is ultra important to me. <laughs> like, more relevant than anyone else's. It will be super specific to your living experience. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully anyone else in Brooklyn listening. Mm -hmm. um, so Abby's a stand-up comedian and actress, and she's got a new show coming up, out on Hulu. It's called Up Early Tonight. And that's presented by Scary Mommy and Huggies. Yeah, it's a late night show by moms for moms. Ooh, and it comes out, did I say December 17th? I think you did on Hulu. Oh, yeah. On Hulu. All right. <laughs> so get that straight, guys. How did I, both of us miss that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either there once or twice. Look, we're, <laughs> we're, you have pregnancy hormones. I have like toddler mom brain. It's all... <laughs> So it's going to be rough for me for a while is what you're saying. Yeah, I think Cognitive. you're forgiven. You're forgiven forever now is what I believe is happening. Good. Because like I'm pregnant has been my excuse at least six times. That's good. I mean, your attention is divided, not alone, let alone your, your whole energy source. Like you are busy creating something right now. So if you miss a, a, a comma on your tweet, it's all right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I miss a lot of comments. Grammar is not my thing. That's the thing about being a speech pathologist is that we're more about communication. We're not like linguistic type people. We're not mm -hmm. like, well, there are some people who are sticklers for perfection, but mm -hmm. most speech pathologists, they love um, listening to the nuances of speech and language. And um, I can't even think of the word that I'm 
slang, like, uh-huh. you know, like new words that mean new things. So it's okay right. to mess up as a SLP, I think, or I, it's another mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like when you're not pregnant anymore you're like i'm an slp that's what we do all yeah, right you don't know about this yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah so abby were you living in brooklyn when you were pregnant yes i was i've been in brooklyn for over a decade nope yeah over a decade wonderful okay and, and how was commuting on the train when you were pregnant because back then you it was know. not like covid train like now it's pretty empty. I never didn't have a chair. Right. Well, in in my first trimester, I had to shoot an extra thing in Los Angeles. And I remember just the streets where I was walking were super inclined. And I just remember feeling very, very drained, but that was my first trimester and you're, you're drained anyway. I don't know what it would have been like to walk on flat sidewalk, but then back in New York, um, for my second trimester, I felt like a million bucks. I was back feeling like I knew my body again. Cause I had a bit of morning sickness that never culminated in puking. So it was just always like a hangover okay. or just feeling like, oh, I'm just so sluggish and dizzy and headache and I just need a rest. So uh, I ate constantly to keep, you know, nausea at bay. And yeah, so that was my, that was, that was getting around. So I don't even know if I rode the train and if I did, like, did I bring a snack? I probably was just eating wherever I went. Second mm-hmm. trimester, I was like a million bucks. I was barely even showing. Like I wore baggy sweaters, I guess, because of the season. Mm-hmm. And and so I didn't even need to sit. You know, I was so happy to have my energy back that I wasn't I wasn't showing. I wasn't right. wishing someone would get up. I was feeling great. Third trimester, <laughs> I was I was showing my coat could not fit around my belly, so it was very obvious. Uh-huh. But um you know, so I was I was also um unfortunately like brought into the hospital several times for preterm labor. So it was, it was just tentative. And I was probably, I was advised at some point just to lay low. It was pretty much like pandemic style. It was like, stay in your house if you can, don't (laughs) leave unless you make somebody else run an errand for you. And so (laughs) it was a precursor. And, and so I don't have that many memories of huffing and puffing up the subway steps or glaring at someone hoping I'll sit down I do have one memory, but this might not have even been pregnant where I was so tired on the train that I just started squatting because like nobody would get up <laughs> and then someone offered me their seat, but I don't know if I was pregnant then. I think I was just tired <laughs> from doing too many sets at night or something. Right. Yeah. That late comedy life has a lot of train memories. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I think, uh, oh, and, and the real memories of the train started coming when I had a stroller to lug up and down. That's when you're going to notice oh, yeah. people care what they offer. If they push around you, if they complain about going slow behind you, like you're very aware of that. <laughs> yeah. I, pregnant, I feel I like remember. I want to avoid that at all costs. That seems, I mean, I won't be able to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you just get, you know what? Mm, I don't know if I can speak for every mom, but I think for myself, I started to pride myself in my strength. I had a very sturdy stroller. So if I didn't need help, I wouldn't wait around for it. Uh-huh. But but I just knew if I go slow enough towards the stairs, somebody will offer. So right, there's yeah. always going to be somebody to help me down. So yeah, if the day has been long. I'll do it. But sometimes if I was in a hurry, I was like, look, I'm not going to play this game right, of yeah. waiting for the courteous person. I'm just going to... And anyone listening who's not from New York, it is common courtesy to hold up. So if you see somebody with a stroller at the top of the stairs, you go mm-hmm. to the front of their stroller and you 
offer, you offer. A hold of the, yeah. the front while they walk down. Which I would do even as a mom if my baby was at home and I saw a mom struggling mm-hmm. with. But the other thing it taught me, I remember when I had a stroller and a kid, was every time I've seen a mom on the train with more than one child and a stroller, I just I think before I was pregnant, I would say I would think, wow, she looks tired. But mm-hmm. now when I say I'm like she is strong. Dang, look <laughs> at that woman's energy. She's standing right now. Like <laughs> just, and she's I just had a whole different respect. She must have good verbal command over those children too, because one had to do something like the other one who's not in the stroller. Exactly. Had to like go on the inside or wait at the bottom of the stairs and even not to, move. Even today, I saw a kid losing his mind outside of a pharmacy because he couldn't get a toy and mm. just shrieking and shrieking. And the mom was just stoic but also provided a correction every now and then, like, the answer is no. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. it would just elicit another shriek. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this woman is nerves of steel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going through that right now. My toddler is, um, is pushing boundaries to assert her independence, and she's you know, comfortable enough with me to thrash and flail and yeah. melt down. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm excited for that. I like a good freak out. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. It's hard not to smile at them. Truly. Like if you're feeling strong and capable, then you just want to laugh. But if you're feeling depleted, then you're like, not now. Not now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do this to me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to bust out the serious voice. I'm a speech pathologist. So I work with like other people's kids. And I always tell parents that whatever your kid's doing with me, it's definitely easier for them to do it with me than it is for them to do it with you because your mom you play very many other roles. Mm-hmm. They go to you for safety, security, nourishment, everything. For me, I am strictly like learning and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And if they want to get entertained, they need to learn. And mm-hmm. I really only <laughs> offer two things. So when a kid does a little fit, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I, I don't reinforce that behavior, but <laughs> I'm always You like, wait it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, are you yelling at me? Mm-hmm. Uh oh! And then they always are like, "No, no. <laughs> I would never." Yeah. No, I was just yeah. That's my daughter's favorite catchphrase when she does something wrong. I was just being silly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "Well, now is the time to be helpful, or now is the time to be a good listener, not just silly." Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, but oh yeah, going back to pregnancy though. So did mm-hmm. you do stand up when you were showing? You know, I tried to hide it forever. I was waiting to see if a show I was I had hosted would get picked up again. And I was concerned because they were deliberating mm-hmm. that all they needed was one tidbit like, well, she's expecting and that'll change scheduling and that'll change like cost mm-hmm. of what she needs. I was so nervous that that would impact their decision. And I wanted their decision to come from a place of we either don't want the show to get picked up or we do. We're right. evaluating the ratings or, you know, or we're moving in a new direction. Like I wanted it to be a business deal, not a, not have any doubt in my mind that I influenced it. But they, uh, they took so long in, in deciding or they deliberated for long enough that I decided it's looking like they're not going to pick it up. I might as well just disclose that I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those, in that time leading up to that, um, it was, uh, I was, I was hiding it at comedy shows that didn't even matter. And I remember right. one in particular, like bar I was, shows. bar, yeah, bar shows. There was one show in particular, I was already wearing maternity pants to accommodate the, the bulge. Cause my, I just could not fit in my own pants, mm-hmm. but I was not visibly showing underneath my shirt. Mm-hmm. And so I was so self-conscious about it that I was like, 
I, I don't, I don't even remember what the joke was, but it was just like, I got to call the elephant in the room. And so I was like, yes, I am wearing maternity pants. And then everybody was like, okay, they didn't react. <laughs> yeah. So I lifted my shirt and, <laughs> and it did not get a response. It was like, like a slight nervous chuckle from someone in silence. Right. And then at the end, um, another comic on the lineup goes, are you expecting? Yeah, <laughs> nobody like, yeah, had any Isn't it obvious? <laughs> that, you think I showed my belly for no reason? <laughs> and he's like, no, I've had kids. So I, I guess I know when a bump is coming, but geez, you're not like <laughs> showing. <laughs> yeah. It's all, I mean, you're just so much more intimate with yourself than like other people are with you. So it's like, exactly. Crazy. And so at that from, yeah, from that point on, I was like, look, I'm self-conscious about this. I want to keep it private. I am entitled to keep it as private as I want for as long as I want. I don't have mm-hmm. to show people something they won't even acknowledge anyway. <laughs> yeah. So so it wasn't, I wasn't even asked, even when I believed I was showing, mm-hmm. people were not asking about it. And then I remembered, oh yeah, etiquette. You don't ask somebody who looks like they're pregnant if they're pregnant. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be that person who's accidentally asked somebody who is not pregnant. So. Right. I think most people avoid that at all costs, but I did get asked this week. So I must look different because this is somebody (laughs) who sees me every week. It's a nanny Mm -hmm. and she finally asked me. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I'm a bit forthright too with that. Like if I feel like I know, and I have been wrong before. So trust me, it's not fun (laughs) to be wrong. (laughs) No. Yeah. But I don't know. Some, some personalities are just like that. They're like, look, I know what I know. So I'm going to ask. And you know, yeah. some people like, some people are forthright. So then now going to when you actually had your daughter, um, what was it like having a baby in Brooklyn? Like when did you start going out for walks? Because I feel like that's going to be a big thing. I do remember the first walk, but I think my upstairs neighbor (laughs) uh, was a mom ahead of me. And so she was just like, you're going to love your first walk. (laughs) And I remember, (laughs) I remember feeling like I did not know how to use a stroller. I didn't know the bearings of it. And it Mm -hmm. felt like pushing a shopping cart. It was different from pushing a shopping cart. I don't know. It was just like, it got away from me. I was, I was pushing it and it would be like, Whoa, I'm veering over here. Whoa, I'm veering over there. (laughs) And it's not as if I never babysat and pushed a stroller before but I guess I hadn't done it enough to like, know, And so I guess, yeah, although I probably looked like a normal woman pushing, you know, a cart or pushing her stroller, I felt like I was on supermarket sweep, (laughs) just like chasing after a cart and, and feeling so nervous laughter about it. Like, can you believe this? Here I am kneeling this baby around. I think that's the theme of my whole pregnancy was just like, can you guys believe this? And everybody else like ignoring me and be like, okay. Yeah. It's like normal. Like people like get pregnant and you're like, but no, it's me. Exactly. It's very <laughs> every day. It's something people see and then they just absorb it. But for me, I'm like, but it's me, you guys. I know. Right? Can you believe this? <laughs> um, but, uh, but let me think of the season. She was born in winter and it was a mild winter. So I, and I was, I wanted to be at home for six weeks and then try to return to auditions at that point to try to prove some silly point, which Mm -hmm. in hindsight, I would never do again, but I was definitely like, um, gotta stay fit. (laughs) Even, you know what? And my body had not, my body had not changed. Like once I had the baby, my, I went back to, you know, my pre-baby weight pretty quickly. However, I was not producing milk. Like I wasn't producing a lot for different reasons. And so I was trying to boost my milk supply with a steady diet of lactate. What do they call it? Lactating? No, there was a word for it. Lactation banana bread and lactation chocolate chip cookies. And it was like banana bread this week, finish it every day. 
chocolate chip cookies, finish those every day. Like it was insane. I mean, I so, would be on that diet. Okay. It was so good, <laughs> but it's probably just a sugar addiction. Um, and it ended up, that's where I gained weight and felt like I don't even know my body anymore. And then that plus lack of sleep. So it's not like I missed out on feeling like a foreigner in my body, but immediately after having a kid and before trying to like boost my milk supply, I was trying to gear up for going back to work and pretending like the baby thing never happened, you know, right. like, cause my family life is private anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I just was like, if they don't ask, I don't have to bring it up. Or right. if it's my friends, of course, well, they know already. So we're talking about it. Right. Um, and so, gosh, I'm trying to get back to your question. It was, how was it being out in the world uh, once she was around? Yeah. like It was like, like um, going for walks. Like, was it a week? It was it. I was walking the dog with a stroller. No, okay. no, 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 no. Like right, right. Whenever, you know what? I actually have this memory of her being a few days old. Luke, my husband, uh, who's a comedian, Luke Thayer, he was out of town doing a show. So I had to run the dogs down for this 10 p.m. We have two dogs, 10 p.m. nighttime pee down at the mm -hmm. corner. Yeah. And so I had her in my arms and I was bundled up in a coat. I had her swaddled and she was with me. But prior to that, I had to feed her. I was trying to get her to like fall asleep right before we went down. Mm -hmm. And and the bottle uh, unscrewed and, and, and it, it seemed to have spilled, but it was some, for some reason it was dark in, in the house. I don't know. So I, um, like the lights were always low and it was time for her to sleep. We, it was time for me to sleep too. So yeah. I tried to keep the lights low in the living room. And so I screwed the bottle back on. I took her down with me. And when I got outside, she was staring at me with her eyes wide open. And I remember thinking, oh, it's cold. Is she cold? And then her whole front of her little swaddle <laughs> was covered in milk. And I felt oh like, <laughs> by the way, by the, once you have a baby and you have like a ton of hormones, everything you do is a disaster. Like, right. oh my gosh, <laughs> she's going to freeze alive in my arms. So uh, then I brought the dogs back upstairs. It was such a quick moment, but I'll never forget like the look on her face. It just looked so stunned. Like, what is this? <laughs> She's like, what's the sensation? <laughs> yes. It's like this cold air on my face, this cold, yeah. uh, wet thing on my tummy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and so I felt like doing the dogs and the baby at the same time was too much. So probably a few weeks later is when we went out to walk. Okay. Yeah. So first I thought, oh, I can handle all of it. Then I thought, okay, let's take it one at a time. Right. Yeah. Cause that's a concern for me. I had my friend Aislinn on the podcast. He's a dog trainer. And she said that I should start walking with my dogs in a stroller now mm -hmm. to get them used to that, which. Oh yeah. We, yeah. That's a great tip. And, and they did get used to, I'm so like, I'm a dog whisperer fan. And so, you know, like all those little principles of just like trying to respect your animal, uh, right. Like they did not have a fear of the stroller. I have one anxious dog who was always looking at it and like trying to avoid the wheels, right. but he never ran away from me. And I was always prepared. Like if they flee into the street, you know, I got to lock the stroller up or right. I got to watch them yeah, do that. There's you know, like, be like that plan, like something has to be. If there's a I choice do. between dog and baby, you have to remember baby first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the only thing I was concerned with. Of just like, you know, what if, so if I could, I saw a dog from, a mile away. Hang on. You've frozen. Can you still hear me? Oh, you're back. Yeah. I'll take that again. I don't know if you edit your podcast, but I'll just Slightly, restart for the, yeah. for the old listeners. <laughs> so if I saw a bigger dog down the block, I would switch sides of the street or wait very patiently, you know, just anticipating any little thing where they would want to jerk me, which would right. then in turn jerk the stroller. Right. But no, I was not really afraid that anything bad would happen because I already made the decision. Dogs, 
it's the baby. It's not you. <laughs> well, good. Everyone's Don't already. Don't trip. They all I'm not, survived. I'm not playing that game. <laughs> this is so fun to reach back into this time and think about this stuff. I remember talking to like moms of toddlers when I was expecting and they're like, I'm sorry. I just don't remember back that far. Yeah. I appreciate you remembering everything. She's two now. Uh, yes. And she'll be three this month. So she's oh, two boy. and almost done being two. Nice. Um, so my next question for you was, I know you need a carrier to like carry the baby out of the hospital. Did you have a car seat? Did you have a car? Did you ever put her in a cab? Like what? We took, um, I guess we took a car service home and they had a car seat prepared. Um, but we had already had one and we do have a car. So I don't know why my husband, oh, I guess because he had to go inside to pick me up and get me out. Um, and we had to get her out of the NICU and all that. So I guess, yeah, just for official purposes. And I do remember that moment driving her home. It's kind of like the same night I remember going home with our rescue dogs. Like <laughs> It's just an exciting time, you know, and for some reason they were both, yeah, at night and when it was cold and in the car. So yeah, it's like a very similar memory, but I think I took one picture. I don't know if I have it anymore of just like her tiny, tiny body in a giant car seat, yeah. all the bumpers in there, you know, she's just like, like a baby doll, honestly. Right just taking up all that extra space that she's not occupying. Right. And they're so, they sleep so much in that beginning time. So she was quiet. Like a lot of memories of the early her are just quiet. They don't even get their lung capacity till later. It seems like they cry. Mm. That's like this kitten meow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, That's when they, good. when they hit that mark of really getting the whale and luckily she was not, she did not have colic, but I hear that that can be quite, you know, a hard time on the nerves as well. Yes, I've heard that as well. Hoping I do not experience it, but I have read about it and I have yes. known some people who, oh, oh, goodness gracious. All my love and empathy to you moms that, that withstood that and dads, because I know that it can be tough. tough yeah. Tough, tough. Um, so another wonderful thing about chatting with you is that your husband is also a comedian. Yes. And, yeah. And my husband's a comedian. Mike Racine. Very funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Some days he's like, I hate comedy. <laughs> oh, what? You're not, you are not a comedian if you I don't know. say that on a weekly basis. <laughs> Hating comedy daily. is definitely part of the job. <laughs> I'm not even funny anymore. <laughs> what, what does it all mean? Yeah. What is even the point? Yeah. And That's like, good. That's very know, healthy of him. You've been fired from every other job you ever had leading up to this. So this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing. I'm trying to practice staying in the moment. Just have him come back to you in the moment. Don't try, stop trying to figure out the past or the future. Right. Stay with us right here. Everything's on pause. That's what I try to tell him. It's about broadcasting now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so how did... Like, how soon did you go back to stand-up? You said about six weeks you were trying to do auditions. Right. Uh, yeah, and stand-up you- happened, gosh, when was that? It wasn't too far after that, honestly. It was, and I and I had already, like, worked up baby material. It's really all I ever wanted to talk about, although it was mostly, like, delivery room material, which I realized with the crowd, it was not. <laughs> there, <laughs> it was a lot more, like, you faces than it was, like, oh, this is relatable and funny. But for the um, right room, like, if it was, like, a lactation consultant convention, <laughs> like, you'd crush. 
I do remember how liberating it was to do a road gig pregnant and visibly pregnant and talk about being pregnant because like mm-hmm. moms in the audience would nod or laugh. And so, because mm-hmm. they, either they would make them think of that time or they'd be laughing at how little I knew because I would uh-huh. be guessing during my jokes. Right. Um, so so I, it was very freeing to be out about being pregnant and still be able to do comedy. And similarly, to be back on the scene. And I hadn't done comedy for, I think, three months. Was that the difference between... Yeah, between the last time I performed while pregnant and then performed after delivering, mm-hmm. it was a span of three months, which in today's pandemic terms is nothing. It's a quarter. Yeah. But back then. <laughs> but it- then I felt like, oh, I'm so rusty and will they like this stuff? And I, it was like riding a bike. It was great to be back. And um, for Luke, he had recorded an album. Like knowing that our daughter was arriving pushed up his album recording date. He wanted to get it done, Mm -hmm. just the timing of it so that he could be available to be, you know, work with me, (laughs) work with me. It is work, but be home with me. Yeah. And, uh, and we both work from home, but to be available 24 seven or take care of the dogs, like, you know, feeding as well. Like, like the fact that she could be bottle fed as well as breastfed was helpful to my sleep so that he could take over for one of the feedings. Right. Or, you know, whatever, one of the, like, what do you call it? Uh, slots of time. Like, yeah, the, time block. You when you're standing, you're standing watch like a soldier stands watch for uh-huh. a certain Your shift. shift. The shift, that's yeah. the word. Yeah. Um. And so he did an album, which was his first album, and I was so proud of him. I was um too pregnant to attend in person, but I was super excited to that he was able to do it, and it went really well. And so it was kind of like all these fears we had leading up to having the baby of like, oh, this baby's going to be an end of everything that we like. (laughs) That's what what we just told ourselves for some stupid reason. Uh It motivated us. It gave us like more reason to dig in deeper. Like everyone is like, your life is just completely going to change. Like, obviously it's going to change, but Mm -hmm. like you guys have a very similar life to us. So you're kind of like my model here. I'm like, it's Mm -hmm. fine. Look at them. They have two dogs. They're both stand-up comedians and (laughs) actor. And And Barack Obama's niece. So I had that leg up. Oh, yeah. But (laughs) no, no. Um, No, to me, I I mean, I had no, I don't either. I had a helpful, I had a helpful tip from two artists who were parents of two daughters at the time that um, he's a photographer professionally and she was a wardrobe stylist and she had done some shows and she said, people will tell you that or, or she said, you may be afraid that you're going to choose the baby over work and then feel resentful about it. But she said, if you really love the work, you will choose the baby and the work. Like you'll just find a way to make them both work. You never mm-hmm. stop. Like like it, choosing the baby is a given. Like she's assuming in this, like you wanted this kid in the world, it's going to bring you a lot of delight and joy. So that wasn't the thing. But what she was trying to say is, if you love your work, you'll probably find a way to keep doing it. And right. if you if you let it go, it's probably because it just wasn't that cool to you in the first place. Uh, going back to pregnancy. Sure. Um, oh man, so, get that baby involved in that career. Everybody's going to start saying yeah, that. Yeah, I know. You're I so photogenic. He's so funny. Get the family in it. <laughs> but then I have other friends who are like, do not bring that baby to comedy clubs. I hate when people do that. Oh yes. We should talk about that. <laughs> yeah. What, so what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I was so against the idea. Like I said, I'm private when it comes to my family. And so I didn't even want people knowing I was pregnant until I was ready for them to know. Mm -hmm. And when I talked about my pregnancy, it had to be in my material on my terms. You know, Mm -hmm. so podcasts freaked me out like this. So this would be a hard thing to do back then because I would be like, oh, what if I say something? I don't, I'm not ready for the world to know. Right. And 
And there would be these times where he and I both had a gig or I'd be home with her. We could not get a sitter. That's the thing that gave me the most stress was like trying to get a freaking sitter. Like if you don't have someone on retainer mm-hmm. it, or family in the area, it is challenging because even when you have someone secured, they can drop out. So anyway, right. the Russian roulette of getting a sitter. I like to I like to control it myself and just said, fine, I'll take the baby to the gig. But but I can I can think of like five different times I ever did it and I hated every single time because either she was in the back, like the green room, being watched by other comics, like I've given her her little um like telephone mm-hmm. and and I had to like sneak away because if she realized I wasn't there, she would wail or mm-hmm. cry. Um so like it would be like I would have to like rely on other comedians to distract her and give her attention, which some were happy to do, but I just thought, I'm, you guys, I'm not paying you for this. I'm sorry. You know, please. Right, yeah. But they probably were like, I had not, I ate donuts today. That was the only thing. Exactly. Like, they were totally cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but still to me, it felt like burdensome to, to ask yeah. that of somebody. Uh, and so there was that, there's also feeling weird about leaving her alone in a room. Like I was separated by a door. She could hear me over the microphone. Mm-hmm. So there was that experience. There was another experience where there would be an all female show and like women taking care of her. And I felt great about that, but like it would be in a bar. I remember entering a bar. It was like a burlesque a venue and mm-hmm. they were like, you're trying to bring a stroller in here. Like whoever yeah. was the bartender or the who manager, <laughs> whoever was like trying to give me shade. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I am. Can you hold the door please? Sure <laughs> like, am. So I had to act like I was all, yeah, I'm doing it, buddy. But in my mind, I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. This is dumb. I should leave. <laughs> but I don't say that because it's like, I got to get my gig done, sir. Right. And you're already there. So it's like, whatever, what am I going to do? Run away now and cry? Exactly. So in an open space where there's no green room, such as the burlesque bar, then sh- the baby would be like susceptible to the language and the vibe or whatever it was. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's and it's and it's such a vibe killer to have a beautiful, adorable kid you know, when they're trying to be debaucherous and enjoy alcohol and enjoy raunchy jokes, you know? And right. Like, yeah. And here's my precious baby. It made me feel like I was like a, <laughs> the host of a kid's program in the room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I get on stage and I don't get to do any of my like irreverent, I hate being a mom jokes because the baby's right, right there. And I'm right like, there. love you kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. And there was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun to relive those moments. There was a time where I was performing at a college and she was very, very new. So it was just like, my husband was in the back with her, but like having like teenagers who are, they, they may be babysat, but they are so foreign to like infants mm-hmm. just being like, ah. What's that? (laughs) Me being like, don't look at her. Look at me. Uh, So yeah, it was just always for me, not a joy to bring my baby around and show her off. I remember being outside of Fat Black Pussycat across the street and having her and the baby born and Lucas had a a spot and then he got off stage and took her and then I did my spot and then I took her home. But I just didn't want her being passed around and I don't know why. I think I was so self-conscious about what they would think. I was thinking either they would think I'm a bad mom for trying to do this work late at night with a kid that should be asleep, or I was afraid they would think, uh, you're lame and we're cool. Right. But <laughs> and go be in your lame house. Right. <laughs> Lamo. But I would, I would always think like, cause when I worked at Caroline's rich and Bonnie would bring their baby in all the time and they would just like mm-hmm. have her in the green room and she'd be either awake or asleep. Like she would always, at some point she'd be one of the things. Mm-hmm. And I just be like, well, they're out. So what are they going to do? Leave her home for what? And she's sleeping here. Like, mm-hmm. or she's waking up when she would have woken up. I just never, 
but at yeah. Caroline's it's like a club and then there's a green room that was separate and well, I think that's indicative of like their state of mind. I think I was super yeah. self-conscious about it and I had not maybe developed the confidence in, I am a performer and I'm here to do my job. I am a good mom and I'm here to do that job. You know, like I, I didn't have it, I didn't have it decided yet in my head. It was kind of yeah. like, what does this look like? What are people thinking? Right. Um, and, and I was also really concerned with her sleep at the time. Like, right. so being out with her at night, I just, hated it. It was like, you should have been asleep four hours ago. And now yeah. I'm sitting here, you're looking at the lights of a, um, a falafel cart and being <laughs> like, it's fireworks. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, man, am I messing you up? But that's, yeah, I, I really hope you don't ask yourself that too much because I think it's a very natural question to yeah, assume everything is. that's, everything that isn't something you've seen on Instagram feels like you're messing your baby up and you're not. Well, I better just start putting it all on Instagram then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, really. Here's my baby at a falafel stand. Here's my baby at Fat Black. Here's yeah. my baby. Here's me not being coordinated with my outfit and having no makeup and still being awesome at what I'm doing. Exactly. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so then before we wrap up, the show is called Unexpected. And I always ask guests to tell me what they experienced that they were not expecting about pregnancy or parenthood. Something that no one talks about and you're just like, Hello. Like what? <laughs> Any of that? What am I? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> well, your viewers at home uh, may not be able to see me. Uh, so I am black and my husband is white and our daughter has his complexion to put it. I just refuse to say as a black woman that this child <laughs> is white, <laughs> but she also She's like, you know, if you pick an emoji on your phone and it's the same mm. face, but just different skin tones, she has my face. Uh -huh. And it's so funny because I have my mom's face, but my mom is white. I'm uh, biracial. I'm black and white. And mm -hmm. so it, I was not expecting to give birth to my mom. That was weird because <laughs> yeah. like the baby pictures match up and like her personality matches up. And it's uh -huh. like, you know, I get rebellious to her when she's like, mom, pay attention to me. I'm like, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> I'm not grounded. You're grounded. No. Um, but if you think it's weird to confuse them, they both ask me about how to use a smartphone a lot. So there you go. They're, they're just practically the same person. I was not, I was not ready for that. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Okay. I'm having, I don't think you'll have that issue. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, do not <laughs> like, no, I, um, I love my mom, but like, if there is anyone in this whole universe that just makes me I don't know mm -hmm. I love her I love her I swear I do but she just like crazy like you know what they say they they know how to push all your buttons because they're the ones that put them there so I guess <laughs> um but I think yeah I think you're gonna see a lot of ancient family members and current family members and adjacent family members in your kid and that's the funny thing like immediately they look like the dad and the mom but then you'll notice like oh that's my uncle's ears oh you have the nails of my sister like it's just all these weird things which is uh -huh. kind of fun I didn't know about that all right. So I'll be, yeah. I don't even know who I'm going to give birth to. That's basically what you told me. Just, I thought it was a new person. Apparently it's going to be a montage. Just an amalgam of everybody else. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a casserole. Nice. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I really appreciate it. What a joy. And I'm so excited for you. This is going to be great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. 
The Unexpected Podcast is recorded and produced by Deborah Brooks and is sponsored by the Sit Down with Mike Racine Podcast, SLP's Wine and Cheese Podcast, and the Dad Show with Mike Racine Podcast. For more unexpected content, head over to www.patreon.com slash Deborah Brooks CCC SLP. If you love the show, I'd appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week.